Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Michael, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing today? Hanging in there, doing pretty good. Hope that you are as well at the time of this podcast taping. It's just after the Super Bowl, the the very busy weekend of Groundhog Day, Super Bowl Day, and Palindrome Day. Uh, Interesting Sunday. Oh, absolutely it was, yeah. At the palindrome, what happens about every 900 to 1,000 years Something or so? crazy, yeah. 02, 02, 2020 reads the same front to back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, obviously probably not, not your teams, but did you watch Super Bowl? Are you a Super Bowl kind of guy? Uh, I am, definitely so. Yeah, it was an excellent game. Yeah, I was rooting for the Chiefs because like Andy Reid, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, Illinois people from Illinois schools and that you know grew up in the area. So you know, if San Fran won, I would have been okay as right. well. But it was finally nice just to see an exciting game. Yeah, I think most of the country was in that, as long as it's not the Pats Week vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We were probably in that spot. And, uh, and speaking of news, well, good. I'm glad you guys had a fun time and all that stuff. Uh, speaking of news, um, what, what, what do you think about the, the whole – uh, student loan thing uh, yet again another uh, study comes out 1.6 trillion dollars uh, it's tripled in the last oh, I don't know 13 14 years uh, at what point does this become a serious problem or is it already one uh, it's definitely already one uh, we, we talked to retired clients about you know cash flow being the priority in retirement basically having you know monthly money to pay monthly bills especially when those paychecks stop and I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about student loans because there's unforeseen problems that they cause and unforeseen circumstances long-term that are applicable here. So for students entering the workforce, so, you know, now let's assume that they actually graduated, you know, so that they actually get to apply that degree because, you know, a lot of individuals take out student loans and never get the degree is that the student loans and the debt payments required to pay them, rob them of money that they would normally be able to be paying for a car, saving for emergency funds, putting money to start out in their 401k, essentially bettering their long-term financial outlook. Because now this money is basically going to debt service for paying for hopefully what was you know a good degree that actually got them a good job. But unfortunately, that's not what they're seeing. Now, think about this also in the from parent standpoint. Many parents have co-signed these loans, what they call parent plus loans. So it's the parents that are on the hook, independent of the agreement that they have with the kids. Financially, the parents are the ones on the hook. So now the parents, you know, who are in their 50s by the time their kids are graduating, now have to pay these student loans of $500 a month, $1,000 a month. I've seen as high as $2,000 a month. And for the parents now, as they're kind of knocking on the door within about a decade of retirement, that's money that they can no longer be directed towards increasing their savings for retirement or paying down their current debts so that they don't go into retirement with a big mortgage or, you know, all these credit card payments and things. So, you know, it's already a huge, serious problem right now, not only for the students coming out, but for the parents that have guaranteed these loans as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an issue and we'll see how things kind of play out. I think a lot of attention is going to need to be focused at some point on just tuition reform, let alone a number of other things that could be looked at because it's just gotten so astronomically crazy. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but definitely good information here from Michael on this topic. Uh, So let's hit our main topic this week here on the show, Mike. And that is everything you needed to know or need to know about Roth conversions. And what was that? And afraid to ask, what was that like? Was that a Monty Python bit? 
I yeah, something like that. I think that. it was yeah. something like that. So we're going to talk about Roth conversions and uh, and just you know, obviously it's been a hot button for a couple of uh, really a couple of years now, really. And for some folks, it's a pretty good strategy to enact. So let's just kind of go through a few things and see because, like anything, you know, it's right for some people, not for others. All that kind of stuff. So you always want to make sure that you're checking your specific situation and not just here taking something here and rolling with it. So again, if you find that's interesting and something kind of piques your interest about Roth conversions, make sure you talk with Mike one-on-one specifically so that you can see if it is exactly right for your situation. Of course, you can always call them at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial at 815-526-3092, 815-526-3092. All right, first off, Michael, explain what a Roth conversion is and why it might be worth considering. Yeah, what a Roth conversion is, is it's if you think about how you've saved for retirement, most individuals, it's they've put money into an IRA to get a little bit of a tax deduction, or they've put money in their 401k at their employer over the years to get a tax deduction. So basically, they don't pay tax on those dollars going in. But at some point, what they forget is that the dollars coming out on the other end are going to be taxable. And if there's been any growth, you're going to pay more tax on the end dollars, what they grew to, you know, kind of the harvest rather than the seed, the initial dollars that went in. So a Roth conversion is saying, okay, can we proactively start out and say, okay, I've got this big bucket of pre-tax money, this kind of ticking time bomb of for tax purposes, and gradually get it over into what's called a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is a tax-free retirement account. But in between, in order to do that, the government's standing there kind of at a toll bridge. So basically, it's how do you cross that bridge and pay the least <laughs> amount of taxes possible? Because right. the, the reality is, and we do an entire workshop on this, is that we, we've been lied to for about 30 years. Most people have been told for the last 30 plus years, put away money in your IRA, your 401k, let it grow tax deferred, You know, get a little bit of a tax deduction now, because in retirement, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. But if you think about it, for most, that's not the case. Most are in the same tax bracket as when they were working, some even higher once the required minimum distributions kick in at 70, 72 later. And here's why. When I talk to people about a financial plan, most people don't want to retire on a lot less income because really that's the only way their tax brackets are going down. And also in the last few years, with the new tax code change that we had a couple years ago, all the tax brackets dropped anywhere between 3 and 4% on average. And that provides an opportunity over the next five years uh, for individuals to do these Roth conversions, kind of cross that toll bridge and pay three, four percent, sometimes less in income taxes than what they will have to just in a few years. And why that's kind of critical, a lot of people don't think through this, is that when they get required minimum distribution age, that's the age, it used to be 70 and a half, now it's 72 if you haven't turned that already is that you've got to take out, it starts out at about 4% of the value of your IRA. What that means is if you have about a million dollars in that pre-tax bucket, that pre-tax 401k, when the government's starting to make you take those required minimum distributions, you're going to have to take out almost 40000 if not more, of taxable income out of that retirement account. So now that's going to wreak all kinds of havoc, kick you up another tax bracket. It's just kind of a tax disaster. So, you know, a Roth conversion is how do we get that some of that pre-tax money today, pay a little bit of the tax at these historically low rates so we can put it in a tax-free vehicle that's going to grow tax-free and we can get tax-free income in the future. All right, Michael. So let's hypothetical here. I'm a high income earner. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge to the producers. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a high income earner. Uh, is this especially helpful for someone like me? Yes or no? 
Yeah, so Roth conversion is especially helpful for high income earners and a couple reasons why. One is right now we're at historically low tax brackets. So the tax cuts that were passed just a couple years ago, the business tax cuts were permanent but the personal income tax were temporary, those cuts. So in five years, in January 1st, 2026, all of a sudden what happens is all the tax brackets are going up just to where they were, assuming Congress does nothing. And the reality is they're not going to do anything. These tax cuts weren't paid for with spending cuts, so we're going into further deficits because of these tax cuts. But that's what they had to do just to kind of get the business tax cut, you know, past the public or so. So the big issue on that, if you're a high income earner now, you've got about a five-year window to take advantage of these lower tax brackets before they automatically bump up in the next five years or so. Secondly, if you think about high earners, they won't need a lot less income in retirement. They're probably going to have the same lifestyle. So they're going to be in the same tax bracket or maybe even higher on the same income. So they want to use this as an opportunity to say, hey, can I pay 22 cents on the dollar instead of 28 cents on the dollar or more later? Or even can I pay 24 cents on the dollar now in taxes so I don't have to pay 32 cents on a dollar later? You know, and you know, we run calculations for this when we do a plan for everybody on saying is, you know, what's the best strategy for you to get from the pre-tax bucket, the forever taxed bucket, into the tax-free bucket? Okay. Any common mistakes, Michael, that people tend to make when doing Roth conversions that you see or that you'd like to uh, clue us in on? Yeah, there's a couple in particular. Uh, One of them is individuals that actually try to pay the taxes from the the retirement distribution itself rather than kind of pay it out of, you know, cash accounts on the side in the bank. And what that means is, let's say you're converting $100,000 from that forever taxed over into the tax-free bucket. Ideally, you want that 100000 that was pre-taxed to be 100000 tax-free, so that 100000 is growing tax-free for you. Instead, let's say you had to pay you know, 12% income tax on there, you're better off using $12,000 of savings to pay the tax, so you could actually have that full 100000 grow and become tax-free day one. Instead, where I've seen mistakes is individuals will say, okay, I'm going to take 100000 out, but I'm going to take the twelve out of the hundred. And now really they're only moving about $88,000. It's still more times than not when we run the numbers beneficial, but it's nowhere near as beneficial if we use non-retirement money to fund those taxes. Another thing that we do is, you know, converting because they like the idea of tax-free, but when we do the math and maybe where their income is now and where their income is going to be in retirement, if they were one of those rare ones that's actually going to be in a lower tax bracket, then really there might not be a benefit to them to actually make that Roth conversion. So, you know, you really want to know, you know, not try to do this on their own. They want to coordinate with a tax professional or like us, an advisor that, you know, basically specializes in this so that they can map out the most tax efficient way to do this conversion over time. Okay, so there's definitely some good information in there. Obviously, some common mistakes. A couple of things for folks maybe even shouldn't look at doing that. Do you have an example for us or something just to kind of drive it home of somebody that would really benefit from doing one of these conversions? Yeah, absolutely. We're working with a client right now on that retirement success blueprint. That's our financial planning process. The client is 64 years old, has a million and a half dollars in pre-tax IRAs and 401ks, and really doesn't need any of this money from the IRAs and 401ks for probably another eight to 10 years. So we put a plan together to gradually convert over the next five years while taxes are on sale 
875,000, so a little over half of that going from forever tax to tax-free. And there's specific reasons why we chose that dollar amount, you know, and I won't bore everybody with it here, but, you know, we run that in our software. But what we showed him is that if he lives to just 90, right, so lives, in, lives another 26 years or so, if he does nothing with that million and a half kind of ticking tax time bomb in his 401k right now, he will actually pay over $800,000 in taxes on that million and a half. If he uses that five-year Roth conversion strategy to pay some of the taxes at these reduced rates over the next five years, he's actually only going to pay about $360,000, nearly half as much in taxes. And that's tax planning. Plus, if he does touch this money in the future, after we do this, all of his income, all of his distributions is going to be completely tax-free to him going forward. You know, and that's the difference between tax planning and tax preparation. Tax preparation is putting, you know, when you go see your tax guy or gal and you put the right numbers in the right boxes for last year and it's too late to do anything about it. What we focus on is tax planning, which says, is there a way to either lower your taxes today or over the next 10, 20 plus years? And in this instance, you know, would you rather pay over $800,000 in taxes or less than 400? You know, it seems like a pretty simple answer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really interesting information there. Well, you know, you know, Michael's been doing this for a while, folks. So he's got two decades of experience as a financial planner. And as he mentioned, you know, you can come into uh, the office there, kind of that one-stop shop. You know, they got the CPA, the enrolled agent, the paralegal on staff. Uh, Michael's a registered financial consultant. So if you've got questions and concerns about Roth and Roth conversions and all that good stuff, give them a jingle as always, as we mentioned, or reach out to them, let them know before you take any action. 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Also, don't forget, go to the website. Check us out at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast, you know, if you'd like as well on Apple, Google, Spotify, and various other outlets, which you can find there as well. Uh, You can also just search retirement matters in any of those platforms. All right, my friend. Well, I think that's a pretty good topic. Put a good place to wrap that up this week. Let's hit an email question before we go uh, here that has come into the show. And it's from Jerry in, where's Jerry at? Jerry's in Chicago. And he says, Michael, I just looked at my social security estimate that shows how much I'll get if I start at 62, 66, and 70. I am blown away by how much more I'm going to get at 70. So I'm kind of inclined to maybe wait until then to start turning it on. Uh, But I was thinking about retiring at actually 66 or 67. I'm assuming this is the best course of action for someone like myself. Yeah, I call Jerry, I call this Social Security the million dollar asset you never knew you had. (laughs) Uh, For a typical person, if they lived to 90, they'll likely collect over a million dollars in Social Security benefits over their lifetime, nearly two million if if they're actually married. So the choice as to when and how to take Social Security shouldn't be a major decision and not made in a vacuum as kind of standalone. But unfortunately, that's what people do. They're like, okay, when should I take my Social Security? A lot of times they tie it around their retirement, but that's not always a have to. When we're building a financial plan for a client, we start with retirement income. How much do we need and where is it coming from? And when we say, where is it coming from? You know, well, how much of it's Social Security? How much of it's pension? How much of it's from our investments? The Social Security component is critical, and the choice of when to claim it is based on the overall financial income needs of the client. Social Security is just one piece of that pie. So, Jerry, that being said, it's important to understand that when you retire, doesn't always have to align with when you claim Social Security. So an example is we have clients that retire at 62, 64, and they still don't claim their Social Security till 66 or even 70. We have other clients that don't plan to retire until 70, 
but still claim their social security at 64, 66. And there's multiple factors that come into play when making that social security claiming decision. Some of those things might be longevity. You know, there's a lot of longevity. It'll people live a long time in your family or not. The importance of a spousal benefit. Is a survivor benefit going to be important? What's your current health? Do you plan on sticking around for a while? And other income sources, you know, you're going to work part-time. Do you have a pension? And retirement accounts. Are the retirement accounts going to be able to make up for extra income if we do take Social Security early? So, Jerry, the best advice is really just to sit down with a financial planner, somebody that's a fiduciary working in your best interest, that can actually map out all of your retirement income needs and give you confidence in a plan that will not only tell you when to take Social Security, but you'll be confident that you're going to have that income in retirement independent of where it's from. It's going to be long enough to last you through 25 or 30 years of retirement and that basically you're making the best choices so you know that you're going to be okay. All right, Jerry, thanks so much for the question. So reach out to Michael now. Uh, you've gone through uh, the first step here and shooting the email. So now go ahead and give him a call at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. As always, we appreciate your time on the podcast, taking the time to listen to us. By subscribing, you can uh, you know, hear future episodes, get notified, uh, listen to past episodes if you would like. So all of that is available to you. And the great thing about podcasts is you can always kind of pause and go back to it later or pick something back up whenever you want to make sure that you're kind of understanding the conversation. So absolutely check us out and certainly would be very cool. You, again, you can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and various different other outlets. Michael, my friend, thanks so much for your time as always on Retirement Matters. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, Mark. Talk to you after Valentine's Day. We'll see you soon right here on Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.